Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. It's Highways Voices again, and this week we're talking traffic management and rising expectations. People, I think, will have a much higher expectation from the transport system because they're perhaps maybe paying a lot more careful attention to how they plan their journeys now, and that's where I think some of the pressure will come on to us. We're your trusted guide to all that's going on in our industry. We're Highways Voices. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Welcome along to this week's programme where our guest is Mark Corbyn of Adept as we talk traffic management ahead of his National Traffic Managers Conference next month. I'll also talk you through how Highways Voices is planning to work as we venture into the big wide world again for daily programmes from the ITS World Congress in Hamburg next month. But first, as always, Highways News co-editor and curator of your midday briefing email it's adrian tatum with his view on the big stories of the week well plenty to talk about again this week on highways news local authorities should be given a five-year funding settlement to help support future investment and planning for active travel this is according to a new report by the all parliamentary group for cycling and walking in its report reaching active travel potential the group said a funding horizon of five years is an optimal amount of time to enable transport and highway authorities to build teams and manage programmes successfully, but at the same time giving central government the fiscal control it needs. The report calls for the introduction of a new Highways Act also, the purpose of which would be to require highway authorities to develop and manage their networks in accordance with the need to achieve the goals of environmental sustainability and improved public health. Elsewhere, one of the UK's largest public transport operators, the Go Ahead Group, has teamed up with engineering and consulting firm Arup to create a blueprint which better integrates public transport with walking, cycling, micromobility and digital services, enabling quick and easy connections between sustainable modes of transport. The future mobility hubs report presents a flexible framework for a network of interchanges that can be adapted to suit different cities, suburbs and rural areas across the UK. Passengers waiting for a bus could benefit from solar powered lighting and heating, cycling storage and hire, charging point, community gardens and even co-working spaces. Public transport needs to serve the whole community, not just part of it, according to Tracy Brabin, the Mayor of West Yorkshire. Speaking at the Transport for North conference this week, she said some travellers, such as care workers, end up paying so much more for public transport because the fare isn't capped and they don't have access to season ticket loans. There are also far too many stations where fellow citizens cannot access. 17% of all stations in West Yorkshire have no step-free access, she said. All of that needs to change. She also said that funding cuts for transport infrastructure in the north in next month's spending review would be devastating for the region. Thanks, Adrian. Don't go away because we have your accolade to come and lots to talk about with Mark Corbyn of Adept. In the meantime, I'll draw your attention to stories that have caught my eye this week. National Highways is delaying the opening of a stretch of the M56 for the perfectly good reason of putting stopped vehicle detection technology in first. Seven low traffic neighbourhoods in London are being scrapped because there's no material change in air quality, they say. Korean AI-led data company Nota is building a business in the UK by hiring friend of Highways News Sharon Kindley Sides to do its biz dev and joining ITS UK as well. While there's a story close to my heart, which is the fact that the best 
most automatic driver assistance safety features for cars are on the most expensive cars, which are generally driven by more experienced drivers. And researchers in the US have shown how younger drivers would benefit so much more from them. So it's another circle we'll have to square, I guess, but you can read all about their thoughts on our site. Don't forget, you can catch up with all the news that matters to you every day on Highways News. Make sure you've signed up to our daily briefing, which you can do in a few clicks at highways-news.com slash subscribe. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton and Adrian Tatum. Now in a moment, we'll hear from Mark Corbyn of Adept about traffic management and get a glimpse of the planning for transport around next year's Commonwealth Games, among other things. But first, let me just walk you through five days of ITS World Congress in Hamburg next month. We'll be bringing you special Highways Voices programmes every day from the event, giving you a flavour of what's going on there. If you're in Hamburg, it'll be an excellent guide to what to see and do at Congress, which papers to make sure you attend and exhibitors you need to talk to. But if you're unable to make it, and there are plenty of people in that camp this year, you'll find out what's going on and hear from key people every day. Now, because there's so much to cover, what I'm going to do is give you about a 15-minute programme every day with a range of speakers talking about what I think are the key things that they say and using them in the mini podcast. But if you're particularly interested in one particular item, I'll separately post the whole interview on the site as well. So if you want to, you can hear the whole thing, even if it's 10 minutes long. That way, I hope we can provide the best of both worlds. Remember, the podcasts are only possible thanks to the support of our brilliant sponsors, Swarco and Gevi. And we'll hear from Swarco in next week's programme. Don't forget to subscribe to Highways Voice voices to keep up to date with the latest edition. We're on your favourite podcast platform. Well, I'm at the ITS World Congress in Hamburg in October. Discussions in the UK continue and one of those takes place with ADEPT. That, of course, is the Association of Directors of Environment, Economy, Planning and Transport across local authorities. And taking place in October is the National Traffic Managers Conference. And uh, Mark Corbyn joins us on Highways Voices. He's the chair of the National Traffic Managers Group. Mark, thank you ever so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, talk to us. The focus of your conference this year is embrace, challenge, plan response and unlearn the normal. Tell us a bit more about that. Well, thank you so much for having me as well. Well, <laughs> embrace, challenge, plan response and unlearn the normal. Is It feels like that's where we are at the moment as traffic managers and as people working across the whole transport system, actually. There are a lot of challenges that exist today, whether that is transitioning to, you know, digital TROs, for example, whether it is preparing and planning for how we respond to climate emergency, whether it is looking at how we retain skills, or whether it is looking at actually trying to get people into the industry. So there are numerous challenges that we are facing today, and that, that's not even to look at what's over the horizon. But we have to plan for that. We have to plan for what's over the horizon. And I think coming out of the pandemic, people would probably say there's a lot of things that we used to do that perhaps we're not going to do. So there's a little bit of unlearning of the normal that will be required. Another interesting focus this year is planning for the 2022 Birmingham Commonwealth Games. Tell us about the challenges that that presents to traffic managers. Well, I think when you look at what is required to deliver 
uh, outstanding games in Birmingham. There are multiple components that will be involved, whether that is getting the traffic management right and planning that, whether it is the public transport opportunities to, to get people to the games, whether it is managing the micro-mobility solutions that would naturally come into play, whether it's managing the network around the venues for access by cycling, walking, and, and of course, looking after our residents and citizens and people who will be visiting. All of that sits within the, the realms of those who are planning the games and doing it within the realms of a pandemic is very, very difficult. You know, I was having a chat with one of the team earlier this week and they were talking about the fact that because public transport underpins a lot of what we want to do, there are numerous challenges in that space at the moment. You know, buses within the West Midlands are now only operating at 75%, but we are planning for a full occupancy games, but who's to say that that will be the case when we get there? So there are a lot of challenges around the planning of the games, you know, Road, the, the road space occupation around traffic management and around public transport and keeping keeping the games safe of course and how has the planning for those games changed as as kind of the shift moves towards kind of active travel and walking and have you have you been planning anything different because of that well we set off on, on the journey to try and make sure that the games were you know sustainable and public transport was going to be and is going to be the key ethos of, of the games but as i said there are numerous challenges there. But in the intervening period, we've seen the rise of the scooter trials in Birmingham. We've got bike share across the, the region as well. So we've got these other components starting now to, to be embraced. And of course, they will all form part of the mobility offer that will be happening for the games. So we are working on the premise that should we have a normal games, because I think we still have to caveat that somewhat because we don't know what the future holds. We will see the access, you know, being through sustainable active travel and through public transport. And that's really, really important to us. And there'll be many people listening to this that won't be a traffic manager, for example. So just give us a quick insight into actually what goes on in terms of the planning process for the, for the traffic managers and, and what they have to do differently than perhaps they, they, they normally would. Well, I think the role of the traffic manager does not really change fundamentally because ultimately what you're looking at is if you're going to have some disruption, how you're going to manage it and how you're going to keep the network safe and how you're going to keep people moving. And I think fundamentally that isn't really going to change. I think really challenges are coming for traffic managers and particularly associated with the games is the uncertainty. And I think when you're looking at uncertainty, you, you guys would know you only have certain tools and levers that you can pull when you're planning anything. And, you know, a games or any other element is, is no different. We are pulling the levers of public transport in particular. But because of the uncertainty, there are, you know, one or two areas where we just have to perhaps plan cautiously. And that looks like, OK, how many buses are we going to need? What's the surrounding areas around the stadiums going to look like? How are we going to ensure that the athletes are traveling across a network that is safe and protected and, and efficient, of course, because we have to get them to their events on time? How are we going to make sure that the network is in a condition that it can still function for our local residents and for our visitors? So there are tough questions that are being asked on a day-to-day -day basis by the traffic managers who are working to plan the games, but they're probably no different to the questions that they will be asked at any other time. It just happened to be in an environment at the moment that is somewhat uncertain and you've got to obviously keep a good watch on the risks associated with that. I just want to focus for a while going back to the conference on your theme of unlearn the normal. Is this really a search for doing things differently. Otherwise, you know, if you, if you do what you always have done, you get what you've always got, right? 
you've probably phrased it right, a search. And I think a lot of us, and you know, not just within the whole area of traffic, but perhaps across the wider transport family, I think we do have to go on a period of searching to try and figure out what is going to work best in this post-pandemic environment. And I don't think we will land on that immediately because it will take some time to figure out the things that we used to do. You know, we were talking earlier about, you know, perhaps if you had a conference in Bristol and you were traveling from Newcastle, you know, you would have given no thought to going and staying overnight and coming back. But we've now recognized that there is a different way that we can do things. And we have to now try and embrace that and let that form part of the new normal. I mean, that's a phrase that you probably hear a lot of. But in trying to get there, there are some things that we're gonna have to stop doing. I don't know particularly what those are yet. And I think part of what we wanna discuss at the conference in relation to traffic management is what are those things actually? What are some of the things that we need to stop doing that we might have done in the past and start to look at a new pathway for Mark, I've done quite a lot of work with the Transport Technology Forum's data analysis of the new shape of traffic and the fact that we saw a very large dip in the uh, amount of traffic at the beginning of the pandemic last year. And now we're getting back to normal traffic levels, the time, the length of journeys, when the peaks are, how the peaks are are still very different to what they were before all this started. Is that the biggest challenge for traffic managers right now? Because I guess you've got to do so many changes to algorithms and uh, supplying uh, the amount of road space. And of course, there's more road space for active travel. Is that the biggest challenge you've got? Or are there other things that I've missed that you're having to deal with? I think that's part of the mix of challenges that we have to deal with absolutely this rebound post-covid when you look across okay what are the modes we, we know that the road network has largely re- rebounded very very effectively but that presents a challenge because what we what we're witnessing is a car-based recovery which none of us want because that then compounds and creates its own challenges but then of course we've got trams in some of our cities naturally bus takes a, a lot of work buses still somewhat suppressed And of course, across the country, rail is very, very suppressed. So what we've become used to in terms of the compositional profile of people traveling into cities and understanding when those peaks would arrive, that is now starting to go through a period of reshaping, I would say, because what we are seeing clearly is roads are very dominant, car is very dominant, but we need very, very, absolutely need 100% those other modes to bring back their contribution into the mix. Because if they don't, suddenly we end up with cities that are completely overrun with congestion and further delay. So I think we are seeing different profiles of operation. But a lot of that, I think, is also down to the fact that the population is trying to figure this out just as much as we are trying to figure it out as traffic managers. You know, they, they are trying to understand, right, what's my new journey to work going to look like? What days do I want to travel? Do I prefer to work Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? Or do I want to work? Fridays and Mondays and have a different type of approach. I think when you look across the nation, that is going to take a hell of a long time to work out. So that's why we have to take some time to really understand the adjustment. And and I think that adjustment will come. I absolutely do believe that we will see new peaks in terms of trends, new peaks in terms of when the morning peak looks to to arrive and, and when the evening peaks look to arrive. And, you know, perhaps there might not be those big peaks that we've seen 
previously. They might flatten somewhat, but extend more over the course of the day. We just got to wait and see how this kind of works it well. It has been so different, hasn't it, given that usually it's the very sort of salami slicing changes to transport, tiny little changes. Suddenly everything changed in one go. It's important, therefore, I guess, that ADEPT can lead the conversation because everyone will be battling very similar challenges and so sharing experiences and best practice and just mistakes made and successes is a key way of making sure that we can all get working as efficiently as possible as quickly as possible. I think that is quite fundamental because what you see in Newcastle you you will likely see in Bristol you could see in Oxford you could see in Nottingham but it's really important that those people who are at the heart of how the change is taking place are sharing the understanding and the mistakes because, you know, we can rush ahead with, with something like this and make lots of mistakes within our city without properly having the conversation across borders or across the nation. And I think the reality of, of where we are does show us that, look, what is happening is an absolute user-led response. At least that's how I would term it. The users of the network are demonstrating this is what I now want. I don't necessarily want what the transport planners or the traffic managers think I need. This is what I want. So that's why I said we are now seeing a working out of what needs to happen because the users are demonstrating this is how I am going to use this system. I'm not going to use it according to what you traditionally understood. I'm going to use it in terms of how I want to use it. So the terms of use have changed as far as users are concerned. And again, that might look different in the east of England than it might look in the southwest of England or in Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. So we have to absolutely stay very collected, very united, keep sharing, keep talking, because the, the challenges are big and the response from the users is going to be huge. And we've got to make sure that we properly engage to, to learn as we go. So, Mark, you talk about user-led there, and the user is really demanding different modes of travel as they go on their journey now. So you might drive for a bit, you might get your bicycle out of your car, you might take that on a train. Does that mean that we really need to go back as a nation to searching for more integrated travel? We almost got very, very committed to the systems and the way and methods of operation that existed prior to COVID. We've still got the same systems, but... The way that users now want to interact and pick and mix their use of those systems are changing. And I think we absolutely need to understand better how does integrated transport work? When I am leaving my house in the morning and I am walking to the tram stop and I get on the tram and I go to my workplace, what does that first walk look like? It's all about the interaction now with the various pieces of the system. People, I think, will have a much higher expectation from the transport system because they perhaps might be paying a lot more careful attention to how they plan their journeys now. And, and that's where I think some of the pressure will come on to us. And of course, we do have the climate emergency, air pollution, and everything associated with the environment to also manage. And those things mean particularly that we will have to balance what we're doing and, and make sure that we're engaging with those users so that we don't completely let the users run away with the system. 
And then we've got no measures of control to be able to deliver on those big agenda items like clean air, etc. Mark Corbyn is chair of the National Traffic Managers Group at ADEPT, the Association of Directors of Environment, Economy, Planning and Transport. And the National Traffic Managers Conference takes place on the 13th of October in Leicester. Mark, thanks ever so much for taking the time and setting the agenda here on Highways Voices. Paul, Adrian, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. Highwaysnews.com. So we're almost out of time, but we'll always find time for... Adrian's Accolade. And this week, who's getting you a gong, Adrian? Now, as we've heard today, and as you all well know, we're in the middle of an active travel revolution. But the ability to bring active travel together in a region with other modes of travel is where the future is at, surely. So this week's accolade goes to Transport for West Midlands. Transport for West Midlands has unveiled a new mini transport hub which is designed to bring together eco-friendly travel options such as e-scooters, pedal bikes, with electric vehicle charging points to neighbourhoods and local centres. The hub is made up of a collection of modular components which can be assembled to reinvent how we use parking bays and small public spaces to offer both connections and shared facilities for the community. One of the many reasons why it's my accolade this week. So well done to Transport for West Midlands for a glimpse of the future with that new mini transport hub winner of Adrian's Accolade this week. Now that's it for this Highways Voices. Thanks again to Mark from Adept for his thoughts, for Adrian and his accolade, and most importantly, for you for listening. Talk next week. Highways Voices. Join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry. 